Hi everyone, and welcome to the Dance Teacher Pep Talk. I am your host, Amanda, and I am so glad you are here. This is a space for dance teachers and anyone interested in teaching dance who is looking for motivation and fresh ideas. As teachers, we spend our days motivating and giving pep talks to our students. And now this podcast is a pep talk just for you. We hope that it helps to ignite new ideas and even work through some deep dance-related thoughts before you head into the studio. Thank you for your support, and now let's get into today's episode. Hi, everybody, and welcome to today's episode of Dance Teacher Pep Talk. Today's episode is a fun one, and I honestly feel that it is going to be so jam-packed with information, I'm almost wondering if I might need a part two, but we'll see how this goes as I get started. I just have so many ideas, and I think that this could really be such an interesting add to your class experience this year. Um, Before we get into today's topic. I just wanted to say thank you so much for listening and for your support of the podcast. If you aren't already following us on Instagram at Dance Teacher Pep Talk, I highly recommend following us there because I share bonus content and things that are exclusive only to the Instagram. And if you're liking the tips and ideas that I have here in our podcast episodes, you will really love the content that is over on our Instagram. This podcast space is a place where I not only want to provide helpful and inspiring tips for the classroom, but also episodes that really dive deep into our mindset and just overall well-being as dance teachers. Today's episode, though, is definitely one for the classroom, and I think in turn will be really beneficial for you in your journey of finding new inspiration for this season. So today's episode is all about history and the arts in dance class. And the more that I was thinking about this, I thought we have such an incredible opportunity as dance teachers to really be promoting the arts and history in all ways. Dance is an enrichment experience. It is a passionate place for our dancers. And I feel that we can build upon that experience by adding in things that they might not always have the exposure to in the arts and in history. So I know that when we're looking at our hour or so classes, we might think, oh, we don't have time for this. I don't have time to bring this in. You know, it's all I can do to get through the skills that I need to that are in my syllabus or the activities that we're doing in the lesson plan of the day. But I think that we can incorporate all of these ideas into the skills that we're teaching. And in turn, I think it's going to make them really fun. So we're having fun in our classes and we're also learning and we're also making gains in progress on our skills. Or at least that's how I feel that this could go. And what also spurred this idea for me is that sometimes when we hear about cuts or budget cuts in schools, sadly, a lot of the time, the arts and sports are something that is higher up on that list. And I am based in the U.S., so again, this is always different regionally, but luckily, most of the time, the community, a lot of, in most instances, I should say, does fight to keep it back on. And 
we though, as I mentioned, are in a great place and have a really awesome opportunity to be able to offer more of the arts into our weekly classes. Because thinking about this thought too, for school, everybody has to go to school. I mean, whether it's homeschool, school, or, or whatnot, school is a part of our children's lives. But not everybody has to go to dance. And the people that are coming to dance are the ones who are signing up for it. Most of the time, I'm assuming, like the large percentage of your dancers are people that are wanting to come into dance because they love dance and that's why they sign up. I don't feel that many are signing up because, well, I don't really like dance, but I'm going to give it a try this year. That isn't probably the scenario that we see often or ever. So because of that, these dancers are coming in eager to learn. And there are so many ways that we can connect the arts into the work that we are doing. And along with this, of course, I'm also going to talk a little bit about dance history in this episode today too, because how much dance history are you bringing into your class? And Again, it comes down to sometimes, well, I don't have enough time in the class to bring in dance history right now, or that might be a concern that you have. But I think there are so many ways to bring it into what you're doing and also prioritize the skills that you're doing. But also, if it comes down to time, that's another thing to ask yourself about because if we don't have the time or space to bring in some dance history into our classroom, I mean, that is where the movement that we are doing came from. That's, that is the why behind what we're doing. I remember one time being at a convention and the teacher asked the class, does anyone know who Ginger Rogers was or Fred Astaire? And no one raised their hand. And for me, that was such an eye-opener because sometimes I think we assume that dancers may know of these big dance names, but they are so of the past. And if we're not talking about them or bringing up the history of dance, there is a good chance that they really don't know much about what's going on. And so when we're talking about the whys behind the dance that we're doing, you know, we talk about corrections and why you need to do something a certain way or where this movement is coming from in relation to your body. But looking on the grander scale of things, what about the roots of what you're doing? Where did it come from and why was this important? And, you know, many will say that ballet is the foundation of dance, but that's a question that I, for me personally, I sometimes question, is it really? I know that it is a huge part of what we do, but I feel that every style of dance has a foundation, not necessarily based in ballet. Of course, ballet has had great influences on so many different styles of dance, but I think we need to give each dance discipline the space and time that it deserves when it comes down to history because we're doing all these movements but sometimes we really need to trace back to why or where because we aren't the ones that made this up so you know we're the ones that are passionate enough to be teaching about it so trying to find the space within our days to add some dance history in 
Now, sometimes you might use dance history as something that is more elective in maybe your summer programs or things like that, like a specialty class, but it only takes five minutes or so each class to throw in a little bit here and there. So I'm going to talk about dance history a little bit more towards the end of the episode, just because I think it is one we know better or, you know, we know it well in comparison to some of these other areas. So let's really get into it. Let's start looking into the arts. We know that dance is a part of that, so I'm just saving that part for the end. But let's start off by talking about art. Now, art, I feel, encompasses a huge, huge area. There is painting, sculpture, architecture, different works of different mediums. There is so much around art. So some ideas that I had around art and things that I've done in the past is bringing art into the classroom and into the space and using it as either inspiration for choreography, using it as inspiration for teamwork activities, such as like a group work task, which I'll get to in a second, or using it as part of an improv prompt. So it could be as simple as picking an artist or picking a time period and maybe finding a few different pieces of art, having it ready on your computer, and just sharing with the class, okay, take a look at this picture, think about it, process what's going on, what do you see? All right, I'm going to put on a song now and let's improv how this painting makes us feel or what's it, what it makes us think of. So that could be an activity right there and it could be a part of your daily improv in your contemporary class. Another thing that I've done in the past is we were doing a recital theme about different destinations and so one of my pieces we did sculpture or statues and so I found pictures of different very important and landmark style statues across the country and we used those images and tried to create and replicate them within the piece that we were doing and that could again be done as like a teamwork task in class like giving breaking up into groups each group is going to get a sculpture or something like that and using your bodies and each other you are going to try to recreate this sculpture. You could even do this with famous buildings in your area as well. Um, another thought that I had too about using art in the classroom or visual art is using that painting concept, but maybe having the dancers have individual paintings to look at, or maybe you do it in groups. So say you split up into groups, each group has a specific painting, and they have to look at it, think about how it makes them feel, maybe create a storyline around it, what's happening in this painting. And then as a group, improv out those thoughts and have the other dancers in the class that are watching try to guess, you know, what was the feeling? What was the story? So it could almost kind of become like an improv charades. So I know that my art exercises here were mainly improv based. So they might have a better place in your contemporary or modern classes. So now let's move on to writing. Now, writing or literature is a big part of the arts, and in one of our classroom tips on our dance teacher pep talk Instagram page, 
did talk about movement literature and the importance of using that in young children's classes. So this is a great exercise that you could implement in your young children's or your combo classes or your younger levels, whether it's ballet or jazz or tap or whatever it is that you are wanting to try this in. So movement literature is basically any book or you could even make it up on your own on the spot that tends to have a lot more action words and adjectives in them that the dancers sort of act out as you are reading it. They always have so much fun with this task and so do I because it's so awesome to see everything that you're reading or everything that you are thinking of off the top of your mind come to life and the excitement and the magic that is behind bringing movement to the literature. And one thing that I do around the holiday times is I actually read sort of like a summarized version of The Night Before Christmas, but definitely a shorter and condensed version. And I do this for them for the movement literature exercise. And you could use like anything or, or winter stories or, or whatnot for this. And it's just such a fun, like extra special activity that also connects to the excitement of the season or time that we are in. And along with writing, if you have favorite dance books that you've read in your life, share them. You know, I loved having special books from the library that were about dance and things like that when I was younger because I was so involved with it and so in it. And so you could even go as far as having dance books in your waiting area and things like that. Just providing the opportunity for them to go towards them if they wanted to, just knowing that they are there. So that was all about writing and literature. Now, this next one music we know it well you know we use it it's a huge part of our class experience already so now maybe diving into some different time periods and different genres of sound I think in high school, some high schools have a music theory or like a music through the decades, music history type of class, but it's an elective class and not everyone takes it. And maybe not every high school has that course either. So as dance teachers, this is a great place for us to be able to also discuss music history and music through the ages and show how it works with different styles of dance that we do. Last year for fun, I wanted to do a whole 90s jazz class, honestly, for myself, just to like have a really inspiring day. It was it was a rainy day and I'm like, all right, how am I going to really like get ready for jazz today? And so I put together my 90s dance songs and I had this class and it was so much fun and the dancers had so much fun with it too. So you could take something like that, you know, uh, for Halloween one year, I did this whole like disco theme and I even brought in disco ball lights. We talked about dance in the seventies. And once again, the kids had so much fun and there is a lot of greatness and excitement that comes from the time period that we are currently living in. But when you look to the past, it can provide a fresh take, insightful ideas, and even inspiration for yourself. Because like I was saying, that rainy day, I could have easily came in with my normal jazz class playlist, gone through our regular class, but instead I changed it up and it was so much of a better class for that reason. 
for ballet class, there are so many incredible playlists nowadays on Spotify and Apple Music that are like pop redone or maybe there's like a special artist that, you know, the the dancers are really loving, like say it's like Taylor Swift or something, you can bring those into the ballet classroom still with, you know, classical piano sounds or or things like that for the music. And it could add just another layer of fun within the space while they're working hard and while they're pushing towards and through the skills that they're working on. And music also, I have done a post on this recently on Dance Teacher Pep Talk Instagram, but the music that we're listening to is a huge part of our tool as well as performers. And understanding music and understanding instruments, it can only help us and it can only help us to deepen our connection to what we're moving to. And so if you're looking for some fresh ideas about how to incorporate music and instrument lessons within your classes, definitely check out that post on Dance Teacher Pep Talk because it goes into different exercises where we can use listening, movement, and more to decipher instruments that are within the music that we listen to. Now, drama and theater. This is a very important one for our dancers because our dancers are also performers. And one of the biggest difficulties that we may have is we can teach them all of the skills, we can work them hard, get them through all the things that we're wanting to get through. But when it comes time for that performance, how much time are we spending on the theater behind it? The feeling, how to have a dancer perform, how to have a dancer use their performance to reach out and in turn make the audience feel something. So we are storytellers with our movement, but sometimes those stories also have to convey a deep emotion or connect in that way. And so it's important to also teach that, to teach how to do your pieces with the emotions that are set. And something that I tend to do, I call it storyboarding, but I almost set it up as if like we were creating a music video for a song. So let's look at this and we look at the lyrics, we break down the whole song and it's almost like we're creating a movie for the song, scenes, if you will, for the song. And what kind of emotions are we finding here and how can we show that within our body? How can we show that now within our face? And kind of going through things like that. Improv exercises that specifically hone in on emotion, such as, okay, start dancing and show happiness. Okay, now change to sadness, anger. Going through those, that can really be helpful also because it's not just the body language of it, but how can we bring that up into our face? And I feel that that, in the classroom setting at least, is where one of the bigger disconnects is because I feel that a lot of the time dancers, when they are performing, they feel more comfortable putting it in their bodies, but sometimes it doesn't reach all the way up into their face. So using your mirrors in the studios, if you have mirrors, and really trying to work out those ideas of delivering the emotion and the tone can be really helpful. Now, movies also, I feel, could be under that umbrella of drama and theater. And with movies, 
you could also take the opportunity to show little clips of things within your class if it's a exercise that you're working with or a story that you're working with or if there is a dance movie or video that you want to show a certain part of and I know that a lot of people do steer clear of that like oh I don't want to be showing a movie in my class but it really doesn't have to be the whole thing. You know, you might be able to find clips on YouTube or just timestamp what it is that you're looking to show. And by having that, I mean, let's be let's be real. These dancers at this age, they love technology. They are immersed in technology. I'm sure they are checking the phone the second they leave the dance studio space. So if you are bringing technology into your space, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing because what you're showing them is also how we can take our dancing outside of these walls. Because yes, the skills in the class that we're teaching are very important and they're going to promote their career long term, but knowing what is outside or where these steps go to is going to be so helpful as well. So if there's anything like that, also, if there are any local dance performances, like depending on where you live, maybe there is a dance company that comes to your area or within a certain radius of your area, and maybe you promote that, or maybe you even create a sign-up list for those interested in maybe a group package of tickets and go together. I know that we've done that a couple of times and it's so much fun because it's like a night out all together with the dancers, with teachers, with parents, with families, and it's just fun because you're celebrating dance outside of your studio together, but also getting to see what these professionals are doing. So it could be it could be dance performances, it could be theater performances, and even just as a teacher too. Maybe your studio is unable to do that, but maybe you also could go. I know that when I take the opportunity to go to shows in our area, I always feel so much inspiration from it because it's just a fresh take, it's a fresh look, and it's just so exciting and so inspiring. So looking at what is local to you and or you know within a reasonable radius and seeing if there's anything coming to you now for dance dance history is so specific as i mentioned to each discipline and i feel even if we're taking five minutes out of our class to relate what we're doing to the past it can be helpful because then we're building that knowledge of history or maybe even like one day we have a specific look at dance history within a subject area because there are so many different ways you could do this. There are so many different ways you could spread this out among your year and it would be different genre to genre. So in ballet, I'm going to share one thing that I did one year that I found was so fun for me and also was really, really fun for the students. So in ballet, what I did was for the first, or I think October, November, December, I picked three different ballets and each month we focused on one ballet story. And then I would use the music from that ballet during our Across the Floor. So like for example, in October, we did Coppelia. And then in November, we did Swan Lake, and in December, we of course did Nutcracker. And we went through a little bit of the story each day. It never took me more than five minutes. And then as we did some of the skills across the floor, sometimes maybe it related to the style of movement that was seen in that ballet. 
but sometimes it was just our typical skills that we're doing across the floor. Okay, we're doing our ground bot maws, we're doing our skips, things like that. And I just used the music from the ballet for the across the floor. Not only were the dancers getting the benefit of all the skills that they needed to, but they absolutely loved this and they were so excited coming in and what's the next part of the story and all of that. So that was huge. And my Nutcracker class, I'm going to have some more information coming out on that soon because I don't currently teach that ballet level. But when I did, I did it every season and the Nutcracker class was so, so big and so important. And I will definitely have that information out to you as we get a little bit closer to the holidays. So I know today there were so many ideas. It was almost like idea overload. And I hope, though, that maybe a couple of these ideas you could take away and think of using within your classroom space. And if anything, what I'm hoping to get across with this episode today is that We have so much available to continue to enrich our dancers' lives. So yes, teaching the skills, teaching to the syllabus is important and getting those tasks done. But what is going to make those experiences memorable too is what we can add into that. And enrichment, I mean the word rich is literally in the word enrichment. And so by bringing this, we're only creating a more rich, more quality, more lasting, sort of like a more impactful type of lesson than if we were to just continue with our typical day-to-day, every day through the year. And it's not only the dancers that benefit from this, but it's you too. Because I know that when I did these ideas for myself, I always had so much more excitement walking in the door. And I felt that the purpose of what we were doing was so much larger and so much grander than just the skills at hand. So I hope that you enjoyed today's episode. I'm going to be continuing to share ways that we can incorporate history and the arts in our dance classes over on our Instagram at Dance Teacher Pep Talk. So make sure you check in there. And if you have ideas to bring the arts more into our classroom in small activities or little five-minute things here and there, I'd love to hear about them over on Dance Teacher Pep Talk because I think by sharing our ideas, that's what's going to really help grow not only a better experience for ourselves as teachers, like I said, but also for our dancers in this year. So I hope you're all having an inspired day. I hope that you have a wonderful rest of your week ahead. And thank you so much for listening. We'll talk soon. 